what's your drag name? Oh, baby, I I got the drag name. Yes. My drag name is Afele Mignon. Oh. She's a juicy piece of meat. (laughs) Best served rare. Welcome and thank you for listening to Almost Almost Famous, the podcast where actors, writers, comedians talk about the ups and downs, ebbs and flows of working towards making this crazy biz and how they're almost almost famous. I'm your host, Daniel Acker. Today's guest is an actor, writer, singer, dancer, stand-up comedian, and drag performer who has starred in Curb Your Enthusiasm, Space Force, The Good Place, and Home Economics. He's a Taurus with a Sagittarius rising, so they're chill but always ready to turn up. It's the one and only Mark Sully St. Flair. Woo-woo! That's there, me. Is. there he is you would not be able to tell listeners but this man just woke up yes <laughs> without a doubt awake and ready to do it let's talk baby yes here we go uh were you always a performer even as a child was it like a known thing or was this a later in life development it was a known thing um well i, I mean as early in my childhood as i can remember I started singing in the choir. Well, okay, so I grew up in Miami, born and raised, and my I remember seeing Usher, like Usher, and I was like, I want to do that. I like what he's doing. He's doing it right, and it's giving me life, and I want to do that, and I want to get out of Miami because I want to go to New York or LA and just like be famous, so I remember telling my mom I wanted to sing, and she was like, okay, good. You're going to sing for Jesus. And she put me in the choir in church. And and I wish I would have took her up on this. And I love the choir in church. I love singing in the choir. But she also was trying to make me play an instrument. And she wanted me to play the piano. And I was like, "Mm -mm, very boring, very Beethoven, not doing that. So then I was like, can I play the drums? And she was like, no, I'm not paying for you to beat fucking sticks on a fucking thing. And I was like, okay, well then I'm not doing any instruments. And I really wish I would have learned the piano because gosh, what musician doesn't want to play the piano? You know what I mean? Especially with someone who with such a talented voice as yourself, that just seems to go hand in hand. Like, I mean, look at, think of all the amazing performers who sit down at a piano and just wow a crowd. (laughs) Yeah, it's like, but I hear you. When you're a kid, you're kind of like, oh, piano Uh, lessons. This is boring. This is boring. This is, this is too much discipline for me. I'm a kid. Yeah, but I wanted, I learned, I started performing like middle school, mm -hmm. like after fifth grade. I had like a very traumatic experience happen and it just made me shift my life (laughs) and uh, around like fifth grade I was like yeah I want to dedicate my life to something that is greater than me and Mm. performing made me happy and making people laugh and making people entertaining people made me happy so around like fifth grade I don't know what age that is I can't recall so (laughs) when you're like 10 11 yeah I was like it, it I, solidified to be like, no, this is, this is kind of like, it feels like for you, it became kind of like the calling. Exactly. Like the, uh, it's like a bigger purpose. Yeah. Yeah. And I've been doing it ever since. So I, when people are like, how long have you been acting? How long have you been doing this? I'm like, since I was a kid, <laughs> like yeah. there's been no backup plan. There's been no, you know, in case of emergency, break this glass. No, it's, it's this or bus baby. For you, and then throughout, like, growing up and everything, did you uh, 
go to school for acting and all that stuff? Or was it just kind of, you went right to yeah. like, I went to yeah. a performing arts middle school. Um, I went to performing arts high school. I had to audition for both of those. What's funny is the middle school. So I remember in elementary school, I went to a very like basic elementary school community. I mean, like it was in my neighborhood in the zone. So you just go to that one. Yeah. But I remember my friends were like the bad kids. I was a good kid. Like I never really got in trouble, but my friends were the bad kids. And the guidance counselor was like paying special attention to my friends and being like, hey, there's these magnet programs. There's these programs that if you want to focus in engineering, if you want to focus in singing, if you want to focus in something, focus on something, you badass kids. (laughs) And he gave them all this attention. And I was like, but what about me? Like, I'm also special and (laughs) focus on me, sir. (laughs) And um, it was from there where he pitched all these magnet programs to my friends and my friends were telling me about it. And I was like, well, I don't want to go to TJ middle school, Thomas Jefferson middle school. I don't want to go there. Like no one wants to go there. I don't want to do that. So I looked into it and I was like, oh, wow, I can go be like Usher at this middle school that is focused in performing arts. So I went to the audition without knowing it was an audition. I just thought it was like an interview. I thought it was like, okay, you'll just talk to me and then be like, hey, get in here. We like your vibe. Right. (laughs) But I get there and they're playing these theater games, quote unquote, zip, zap, zap. I'm like, what is this? What is going on? (laughs) And then they're like, taking the kids into the room one at a time. And they're like, okay, well just like do your song and then do your monologue. And I'm like, monologue, what does that mean? And I'm like, what is a monologue? And I asked the girl that's like playing the theater games with us. And she's like, oh baby, you didn't, you didn't do the, you didn't do the work. (laughs) I was like, no, I did (laughs) it. And she told me like a monologue is like a short scene by yourself a soliloquy and I'm like okay I don't have that but I can make something up she's like yeah do that (laughs) and then so I sang Usher song I sang nice and quiet which is so (laughs) random (laughs) and And what you're like 11 12 at this point literally (laughs) I'm singing let me take you to a place nice and quiet (laughs) they're like there ain't no one better interrupt the lady's like what is going on and then for the monologue I had just seen that Chris Rock movie where he died but like went to heaven and came back and I I don't even remember the name but I did that scene where he gets hit by the truck he goes to heaven and he's like hey I'm here let me in and then they're like no you're not ready we're not ready for you to come to heaven so go back to earth and like be a better person and I'm like no I don't want to go I did that and somehow I got in (laughs) oh my gosh amazing well way to just improv my way into performing arts middle school (laughs) yeah I love that because it just shows that like okay like what a good first lesson of like all right, I am not prepared, but I'm going to use everything in my arsenal and my tool set and show Literally. kind of some confidence. But also everything to, I have. <laughs> also to, you know, a lot of people wouldn't do this, but just simply ask like, what is that? I don't know what a monologue is. Please explain. Because some people might yeah. just like walk in completely blind and not know what True. to do. Um, truly, truly. I feel like I, that is a lesson that I learned very early. It never hurts to ask because what they're going to tell you is what they're going to tell you. And either you can try to make do and be as prepared as you can be, or you can just not. So, yeah. Yeah. 
I do love that you might be one of the few people who having a, a group of, of bad kids turn into be one of the best things for you. <laughs> <laughs> they, I, they were such funny. a positive influence on you because the guidance counselor gave them all the info you actually needed. Exactly. Oh my God. Like you're truly right. <laughs> I feel as though I, I took it and I ran with it. And I think it was my Sag rising in me the whole time. I'm always a little mischievous. I always like to have a little fun, like to get a little dirty and I'm gonna just, you know, get the best out of whatever the fuck is thrown at me. And that's how I am. <laughs> I love that. That's so awesome. Yeah. For you over the years of performing and working and doing things, have you given yourself a, a definition of success? Yes. And uh, it pains me to say this because it sounds so superficial, but like, I don't think I'll be okay. So I grew up in a very sheltered Haitian background. I am full Haitian. My mom and my dad are from Haiti. I'm first generation born in this country and Haitian being the first generation, the first one of my family line, like out of my mom's siblings, I'm the first one to be born. There was a lot of expectation thrown on me and it was either I was going to be a doctor, an engineer or an architect. And there's no, there's no give there, a lawyer, there's no give there. So when I said, oh, hey, I want to be like Usher and just like sing and dance and act and musical theater. And they're like, no, baby, this isn't going to work for us. Um, and they've since obviously changed their mind because I'm a full grown ass adult and I can do whatever the fuck I want. So like I said, there's no backup plan. I'm doing this because this is the only way to do it. And this, there's no there's nothing else for me. I was put on this earth to do this. So I feel as though success for me, and it, this is a therapy thing, but it's when my mom can see me on a billboard and be like, that's my kid. Mm -hmm. And mm -hmm. like when she fully understands that I am famous and I literally, uh, or I recently just listened to an interview with Quinta Bronson, um, star of Abbott elementary. And she, was saying how her mom didn't really get it until her mom saw her on TV every Tuesday at 9 p.m. and was like, that's my babe. <laughs> that's my baby. Mm -hmm. Check out ABC. ABC? You want to watch ABC? That's my son. My son is on ABC. <laughs> and that would be my mom. <laughs> like, right. she, she wasn't a fan, but until it's like everywhere, that's when I feel as though she will be like, I fucking love this for you. And I just want to make her proud. I want to make her proud because she's, as much as she didn't want me to do this, she sacrificed so much for me to do this. And that's just who my mother is. She's very giving and like sacrifices for the family all the time, puts everyone in front of her. And mm. I just want to be able to like put, show up to Miami and be, take her into a car and be like, this is your house. <laughs> And yes. she will be in every acceptance speech that I do um, for any award or accolade that I win moving forward. And like, yeah, I just love my mom so much and she sacrificed so much and I just want to make her proud. And until she understands that I am a household name, that is to me winning. That is to me success. And I know it shouldn't be based on just that, but she's been my rock and I just mm -hmm. want to make her proud you know what it was for her 
and probably being a first-born American and the pressure mm-hmm. of that and realizing that he, the titles they want of engineer, doctor, lawyer, yeah, it's a shorthand, really, of success. Exactly. It's going, if you tell someone my kid is a doctor, no one follows up with, well, have they made it as a doctor? <laughs> exactly. <laughs> where, exactly. Where do they practice? Are they in one of the bigger <laughs> hospitals? Are they in an impressive hospital? But when someone says, oh, they're an actor, it becomes, well... Are they? What are they doing? What does yeah, that mean? Yeah. Well, what show? Can I see them on anything? And, and it's like, and the yeah, shorthand bitch. of the billboard <laughs> of the of the major networks of a series is kind of the equivalent of saying they've hit their doctorate. They're practicing. You exactly. know, they're they're doing it. Do you have stuff uh, moments in your career where you feel you've like quote unquote made it for yourself? Like you've hit personal milestones? Ooh. So when I left Miami, I went to New York to pursue musical theater but ever since I was a kid I knew that I was going to go to New York do musical theater do Broadway and then come to LA and do TV film so I kind of have just stuck to that trajectory and once I was in New York I made it to off-Broadway I was very and it's uh, it's so hard it was so hard in New York because I got very close final callbacks all the time for these big Broadway shows like Book of Mormon, Aladdin. Um, It was just like always, always right there on the cusp of grabbing it for myself. Um, And once I came out here, things, I really took a shift because I started from scratch. Like I didn't know anyone in LA. I was like, okay, let's get into the standup game. You know, you're funny. Let's just start telling some jokes. And then I got into the improv game and I've really hustled like I've never done it, but I came from New York and New York is a hustle just to survive. So I had friends that I made out here at restaurants where I would work as like my little side gig. And they'd be like, damn, you're doing so much so fast. Like, how did that happen? And I'm like, girl, I just... I'm hungry. Like I want to, I want to eat. I want to feast and I want to have something to talk to my mom about. Cause she calls me every other day and wants to know what's going on. <laughs> so it was a drive to push myself to just go fucking hard. And I started with stand up, and I, then I moved into sketch and through that, I feel as though or through that is how I met you. And then I started doing the scene. And then one of my friends was like, actually, he was on your show, Michael Strassner, who is like my guardian angel. I love that man so much. And he knows, but like, I give him so much credit because we worked at a restaurant together and I told him like, hey, I'm doing this thing. And he just, I, he just saw me doing it, going for it. And he was like, you should talk to my friend, Ken, Ken Kirby. And he did the CBS diversity showcase. You need to do that. It is for you. And I'm like, okay, I don't, I don't even know what that means. You just said a lot of words. All I heard was CBS. (laughs) And then he, I talked to Ken, Ken was like, you got to get these characters together. I was like, I've never really done that, but I came from theater. So like I've done characters and then I built audition together I pretty much took my stand-up and did it in different voices (laughs) and then I sang a little bit and then from there I was able to get into the showcase and then through there I got my representation 
So I was like finally not on my own. And I got an agent, a manager, a commercial agent. And then through there is how I booked my first TV gig with The Good Place. And I didn't even watch The Good Place, to be honest with you. Um, but everyone was like, oh my God, it's such a great show. Oh my God, I love that show. Oh my God, Kristen Bell. I was like, I know Kristen Bell. I love Kristen Bell. Ted Danson, fan. And for me to book my first TV show, which was like such a well-known show with people. <laughs> and then for the special guest to be Maya Rudolph. And I was there watching her do a master class in fucking performing. That was when I was like, okay, I, yeah, this is a proud moment. This is a moment that I have been working towards. And I'm so happy I finally got there <laughs> because yeah. it felt that I earned it. And like, I was supposed to be there even though like I had like five lines and I was shaking under the table. And Kristen Bell was the director. It was her directorial debut. She was directing the episode and she was giving me notes and I wanted to break out into tears because I was like, I'm not doing it right. They hate me. <laughs> I was so fucking scared. And then I was talking to um, one of the co-stars that was there with me and she just like grabbed my leg and she looked at me, she's like, and I was like, okay, I got it. I think I got it. <laughs> and, but after that day and I went home, I was like, yo, I fucking did that. I am where I'm supposed to be. I would not change anything. And I want to do this all the time. I just want to always be on set. That is my life goal. I want to go from project to project, marriage, kids, that will come. I just want to always be working. I want to be busy. Yeah. And that is the dream. Yeah. I mean, we met during the CBS Diversity Showcase. I was one of the writers. You were one of the performers. And you were always, mm -hmm. I think, even more so uh, than just a slew of talent. You're just so talented. I think what really comes across is just a very kind of joyous, positive energy. Like you're somebody I definitely always <laughs> feel. You. I definitely feel like, oh, I, I would just want you around. Honestly, mm -hmm. I would just want you around in things. Thanks, friend. I yeah. appreciate that. Of course, of course. Yeah. Um, now, as we're going through this, I ask everyone, where's your head with the idea of being uh, rich and famous? Girl, I'm ready. <laughs> <laughs> I'm ready. I'm ready for shit to change. <laughs> yeah, get him on the list. He's ready. Put me in, coach. I'm ready. Um, do I think my head would explode a little bit? <laughs> I'm a Taurus, baby. I'm a luxurious bitch. It wouldn't change in a way that I would become like a nasty person, but I would, I would overindulge because I'm just used to indulgence. I'm used to luxury. I, I'm, I want to spend money. Like I go out to dinners every week because I don't want to cook. And I can't wait to have a personal chef. Like that is exciting to me. Mm. <laughs> I am so down to be rich and famous. Um, even the idea of people like knowing me and like, having to wear like a baseball cap and sunglasses and shit. I'm not mad at it because I haven't had any different thought in my mind since I was a kid. Since I was a kid, I've always wanted this. So I feel like I am prepared, but you're never really prepared for something like that, mm -hmm. especially for the magnitude of success that I want for myself. 
I think it will be shocking. It will be eye-opening. But at the same time, it comes with the territory. You know what I mean? Mm. Like for the amount of work that I want to do and the impact that I want to leave on this planet, it's going to come with people stopping you and wanting to take a picture. It's even like I just did my first guest star on home economics and I'm still working at a restaurant right now because I'm, I haven't made it to the level of success that I can leave the restaurant biz and people were recognizing me at work and it was really cool, but also like awkward (laughs) because, okay, but how do you want your burger? (laughs) Yes. uh, Yes. That was me on. Yep. You, I love that you're a fan of the show. Um, Thanks for watching. Keep watching. Let me get those residuals. But like, how do you want your steak cooked? (laughs) And, but like a couple of times people like wanted to take a picture with me at work and yes, I'm, what do you say to that? No, I'm working. (laughs) Right. You can absolutely do it, but it does feel weird because I'm in a uniform and I'm like, but you know what? You'll have a fun story to tell. You'll be like, I remember that bitch when they were taking my order and asking me how they wanted, how I wanted my steak. So like, (laughs) I think it's going to be eye-opening and like shift me in a way, but I'm so down for it. Like I've always been a people person. I've always been friendly and like, I love to talk to people. So if someone just wants to come up to me and ask me for a photo, like, let's do it. Like I should be so lucky, you know? Right. It sounds like with the idea of being famous, do you have any like kind of bigger, bigger kind of aspirations of what you'd like to kind of accomplish or do with that fame. Cause I feel like that's Absolutely. another aspect of it, of like, great, you're famous, you're rich. And I'm always curious to kind of like, what's in a way the accelerant, like part of the riches for you is like being luxurious and doing stuff, but is there mm-hmm. other, other avenues you're like, Oh, I'd want my, uh, my fully. Fame. Oh my God. I mean, as a firstborn generation Haitian, I love my country and I want to do so much for Haiti. Haiti is a beautiful place. Yes, it has a lot of like political turmoil where people feel as though it's unsafe, but my mom is actually going, most of my family is going next week to Haiti and they're just going on like a full ass vacation. It's my uncle's birthday and like everyone's going and I'm like, (laughs) I can't go, but um, I want to like raise awareness for like the tourism. I want to help build uh, schools. I want to really just uplift my country as much as I humanly can. Um, and I'm also a big giver. Like I love sharing. Like one thing about me, if you're around me, we're going to have a good time, whether you want the bottle of sparkling or not, we're going to get it and baby enjoy it because I I got it. You know, Mm. I'm very sharing and giving with everything that I have. And I, feel as though once I really get to the amount of money (laughs) period that I can start sharing the way I want to I want to uplift all my friends and like uplift communities of people I want to do a lot of like humanitarian work a lot of like charity work and just like uplifting people i I really, that is a big passion of mine. I do it right now. I like volunteer with the LGBT center. I do everything I can to like help uplift like LGBT youth that are homeless, that houseless, sorry. And like 
really like searching for a place and just needing somebody to believe in them. I do all that stuff already. And I just can't wait to have the resources to completely throw myself into it and help uplift communities that just don't have voices and don't feel seen. Mm, That's wonderful. Now with this business, there's a lot of uh, highs and lows and and Mm -hmm. moments when you're feeling up and there's moments where there's the lulls. Uh, I'm curious, how for you, have you kind of, what do you do in the lulls and the moments where you feel like, okay, not much is happening. I'm on the Um, cusp and all that good stuff. (laughs) It's a beautiful question. (laughs) I write, I work on solo endeavors. Stand-up is something that I am good at, but also gives me unbelievable amount of anxiety because I am solo dolo, right? I'm up there by myself and it's up to me to make them laugh or not. And I know I can, but I have such a fear of bombing, which is stupid because every person bombs. It just happens. You cannot, it's unavailable. Like just let it happen, baby. Enjoy it. And that is the mentality that I go into. So I can like just not be so worried about it and scared. But when I really don't have auditions coming in, I work on my standup. I put myself in shows, put myself in shows. I'll literally call a friend and be like, hey, I know you got a show. Can I just jump? Can I jump Mm in? (laughs) Like, I'll like do whatever I need to do to just continue to put my art out there because I'm a strong believer of the universe. And I feel as though the universe rewards work with work. So if I'm making the effort to write my pilots and sell them and write scripts and do my stand-up if I'm putting that out there the universe is gonna be like all right well damn let's just give her a gig like the bitch is working like the bitch is trying (laughs) you know Mm -hmm. so when things aren't rolling in I just push it out and I have a I haven't done a show since the pandemic so it's been two years and I'm like very petrified of getting back on that stage but I have a show coming up on Sunday and my friend was like it's time girl you're playing games you need to get back and get back on the horse and I'm like all right and then it's funny as soon as I said yes to that another friend was like hey I'm doing a drag thing and I want you to do a drag show with me and like I'll pay you and I'm like okay now and that's the thing right universe rewards work with work so What's your drag name? Oh, right. baby, I, I got the drag name. Yes. My drag name is Afele Mignon. Oh. She's a juicy piece of meat. <laughs> Best served rare. <laughs> <laughs> oh, I love it. Oh, my She's God. She's expensive, honey. Filet yeah. Mignon. <laughs> That's so great. Don't put ketchup so on much. her. Oh, no, honey. Uh-uh. <laughs> and not A1 either. That is not good. No. <laughs> Too only, much vinegar. <laughs> yeah, only the finest sauces. <laughs> exactly. We want a little, we want a little truffle butter. Okay. <laughs> that's what we're looking for. Don't you oh. dip me in nothing that's not truffle butter. That's fantastic. 10 years from now. So from 10 years from now, uh, Mark, 10 years later, comes back in time to the Mark today. What advice do you think you'd have for yourself? Holy shit, Daniel. Really? Damn, Daniel. (laughs) (laughs) That hit. uh, Because I, oh, okay. 10 years from now, it would probably be stop being a bitch. (laughs) Not like a bitch, bitch, but like stop being scared. 
you are so powerful go and oh my god oh my, you don't make me cry dude um you're so powerful stop being scared of your own strength stop being scared of everything that makes you special you could be richer and more famous already if you did not hold back mm. because yeah. you are trying you're scared of how it'll be received you're scared of shining too bright you're a fucking you're not a star you're a sun so mm. fucking shine bitch is what I think I would say to myself 10 years coming back because I know these things and I'm in therapy because yes, I grew up Haitian, right? And like, they wanted me to be something else. And even me being queer, they were not necessarily, I never could really shine as brightly as I wanted to because I didn't come out until I was 22 mm. to my family. Friends knew by high schoolish, but it wasn't until I was 22 out of my mom's home that I was felt safe and comfortable enough to be like, no matter how this goes, I will be okay. So I went to Miami from New York on like a winter break. And I told my mom, hey, this is happening. Like the girl you want me to bring home might not ever happen. Even though now I'm like pansexual. So like it might, but <laughs> I knew for a fact I was queer and like, I really wanted not what she wanted for me. And I felt because of that growing up, I never really was able to be my full self and express myself as openly as I wanted. So I feel like it's been in inherently in me to like not shine as much as I can mm. because of what people may think, what people may say, making everyone else feel comfortable type shit. Right. So I think if I came back from the future to tell myself one thing, it would be who gives a fuck shine. Like, go for it, because right. you are capable. You can do it. Ooh, this is me giving myself a pep talk. I love this question. Yeah, I, I, I hear you because <laughs> it seems like it's it's just telling you to be fearless. Be fearlessly you, mm -hmm. because I think, especially as performers and artists and even as human beings, your only real superpower is to be authentically yourself. Yes, Yes. And also a friend recently told me one thing and I was talking about stand up and how it just makes me anxious as fuck. <laughs> and they said to me something that I keep bringing into my mind, which is anxiety is just excitement without breathing. Oh, wow. That's great. I said, bitch, you <laughs> fucked me up. That is amazing. That is true. Because yeah. it's not, I'm anxious because I want to do a good job. I'm anxious because I'm looking forward to it. I'm anxious because I know it's coming. But all of that is excitement. That also equals excitement. But I'm just not breathing and I'm holding it all in and I'm not letting myself be in the moment. Right. And once you start breathing, yeah. everything gets better. So it's me like letting go of expectations, letting go of all the huge amount of pressure that I put on myself. And just having fun because that is the beauty of it. This stand up world is like, I can talk about whatever fuck I want. No right. one's telling me how to do it. Yeah. It's on me to just have fun. Yeah. Right. Speaking of uh, anxiety and trying to have fun, this is the part of the show where I bring out my uh, roast insult <laughs> comic. <laughs> I can't wait for this. 
This is actually my favorite. I can't wait. Let's do this. <laughs> okay, so uh, let's bring him out. This is uh, Come On Out, Raz Clifford. Okay, here we go. Mark Sully St. Flair. A name that's so over the top, it requires two hyphens. <laughs> Good Lord. But seriously, Mark, what a tremendous talent, everybody. He can sing, he can act. What can't he do? Well, he can't make me laugh. <laughs> He's tried. St. Flair, which I believe means the patron saint of flower. Very nice. It's a lovely last name for such a despicable human being. That's me. <laughs> hey, Mark, am I, am I, are my notes correct? Because I don't think this could be possible. You're on, a, you're on an actual TV show called Home Economics? Yes. <laughs> oh, my God. What the hell? Okay, that's pretty ironic because if you're living in Los Angeles, you're going to find it difficult to have any money or to own a home. <laughs> but good luck to you. Mark, what can you say? This man, his smile can light up a room and his breath can clear it. <laughs> right now, for sure. <laughs> I, even over the virtual Zoom, I can smell it. I can tell <laughs> it's that bad, folks. And boom, Mark, you got Raz. Look, if you ever see me on set, just don't talk to me. Leave me alone. I, I don't give a damn what you're going to say. <laughs> oh, my God. That's amazing. Okay, bye. Don't ever talk to me. Uh, all right, bye, Raz. Bye, Raz. You were awesome. <laughs> oh, Raz read me for filth. I yeah. love it. <laughs> If you weren't acting and performing, which is obviously what you should be doing and what you're doing, mm -hmm. what is a field or an area that has some interest for you or something that you'd be like, oh, that would have been a, a alternate universe. As a child. Universe. Yeah. As a child, my mom was, you know, installing <laughs> doctor, lawyer, <laughs> engineer in my mind. And I, for a while, wanted to be like, I took all the biology classes i wanted to be a obstetrician gynecologist and i wanted to deliver babies it was really the delivering babies part that i really wanted to do because to me something about bringing life into this world feels powerful it feels magical it feels like a gift and i really wanted to do that so it was that for me i wanted to like bring babies into the world and be an obgyn that's wonderful Okay. Yeah. If if I wasn't doing this, but right. child, that ship had that ship has sailed. Cause I saw one time I like actually saw a woman giving birth, and I was like, oh wow, I can't do this. <laughs> this is a lot of blood. Oh god. No. <laughs> oh, How about you? Like, has anyone ever asked you like what what would you do? I mean, as a kid, I I always thought I was going to be a doctor. I really think it was because I knew doctors were well known and made a lot of money yeah <laughs> i think that was sort of just like oh and if you tell adults you're going to be a doctor they're all like whoa wow that's such a cool thing for a five six-year-old to say and yeah. then uh i like in one of the health classes in like fourth grade i started feeling queasy when they're describing what happens to the body when you get sick and it turns mm -hmm. out like it happens to my dad it happens to like my aunts and my grandma and i was like oh so i i can never be a doctor if I can't, if I can't sit in a medical class and hear like the process of the body, it's literally it's, just hearing about it. Not yeah, even like seeing, not even seeing it. I strangely can see it. Like I can see it. I'm fine. Yeah. It's just like something about like the description of it. It's, it hasn't happened in a long time, but there was like four times in my life where I had to like leave a class or I had to like sit on the ground and like <laughs> felt like I was going to pass out. So I was just like, well, that's out the window.
And then I just started around <laughs> that time, like making jokes in class and was like, oh, wait, I think there's something here where yeah. I'm able to be, be funny. Did you ever dissect anything yeah. growing up? Yeah, what? I think we dissected like do? frogs. I think frog was one just of the things. Just frog? I, yeah, I don't think we, we did. We did a frog. We did a frog. We did a rat. And then in like high school, we did a fucking cat, dude. We had to skin it. And we had what? to fucking, yeah. Shit was wild. I That's, skinned fucking fur ball. That, that feels like that teacher should be on a watch list. Like that, like that was actually not part of the <laughs> curriculum. And this teacher came yeah. in with a sack of like 12 dead cats and was like- 12 to dead embalmed cats. I'm like, where did you get this embalming fluid? Oh my God, it was so weird. Yeah, we did frogs, which even when I was doing that, I felt a little like, this just feels odd. Mm-hmm. Like, I feel like- I got all this from the picture yeah, of what's inside like, an we, animal. We can just talk about it. I don't have to see it. Yeah. <laughs> well, inevitably, when you're a guest on a late night talk show, do you have a, a story you've been dying to tell? I would probably tell the one of me coming out to my mom <laughs> where I... <laughs> Listen, I I know not. I I know I be I've been gay. I know I've been a gay. <laughs> I've been a gay forever, okay? And like I really thought everyone around me knew as well, <laughs> but apparently my mom didn't. So when I told I came out to my family, I told my cousin first cuz she I told my little brother first actually. And he was like, "That's crazy." And he's like 7 years younger than me, so like that's all I got. He's Gen Z all the way. He's like, "That's crazy." Um, you told mom yet? I was like, nah. He was like, all right, let me know when you do so I could not be there. <laughs> I was like, damn, <laughs> thanks, bro. And then I told my cousin, who's like my big sister, and she was like, I've been waiting for you to tell me. Ow. And then I told my grandma, and she, I told her under our mango tree that we planted together when I was a kid, and she like started, she did like the slow, like <laughs> Angela Bassett, like single tear cry. <laughs> and she was like, I love you still. You are my baby. <laughs> and then I told my mom and my mother is a Haitian woman. Okay. She is dramatic. And you remember those drills in school where you had to do like stop, drop and roll. Mm-hmm. That's what my mom did when I told her I was gay. She literally fell to the floor and rolled around. Oh, God. Oh, Jesus. Oh, God. Why? And like, I thought, at first I thought I killed her because she just fell to the floor. And then she started the rolling. And I was like, okay, well. Oh, my God. Mom, you're not on fire. I'm, I'm the one who's flaming, okay, Mom? I am flaming, honey. I'm hot as hell. And you are the one rolling on the floor. Stop it, girl. The theatrics. Cut yeah. it out. <laughs> I mean, it's it is such an interesting like it, experience to have, and like you said, like just going through life and being like, I, I feel like everyone does know, and then realizing no. some people just didn't. Do you feel like there was like a little bit like they did, they just didn't want to, like so they exactly. just exactly exactly kind right. of cut it out. That's how I feel. I'm like, there's no way you didn't see it. Like you, my well, my first CD was Usher. But my second was Britney Spears. Like, you bought it. Like, I listened. Hit me, baby, one more time. Like, that first album, me and my cousin were jamming to that album in my room, jumping on the bed. He's gay as hell. Like, you can't tell me they not. Like, oh, you're man. You're over there learning the choreography. 
exactly <laughs> you like, got it down it's like down to a science like i'm learning janet and britney's choreography and you don't think i'm get okay you're weird <laughs> yeah you're there's, the weird one there hits a point when it's like that's on you now period like <laughs> don't be dumb don't lie you kn- you knew this thing was hot baby <laughs> oh my god thanks for hopping on and chatting with me mark appreciate uh, it daniel i love you so much i love you too this what? was just a way for me to get to see your face I and know. like i love you you're the sweetest person i know and i love oh. you so much you're amazing you're so talented and you're a fucking star and thank you so much for having me i really, of course. really appreciate it what's some things coming down the pipeline potentially for for listeners to keep their eyes peeled for um mm-hmm. check out my in Instagram. Um, I promise I will be posting more, <laughs> but that's where you can keep up with me with like any shows that I'm doing. Um, I have a stand-up show coming up um, next Sunday. Uh, yeah, and that's where I post everything that I'm doing, all my little sketches, all my anything that I'm doing will be on Instagram. Even though I have been taking a fierce hiatus <laughs> because <laughs> I was like, this is toxic and I need a break. But it's also the way I commute, the way we communicate to each other. So yeah. yeah, I'm back. Check it out. I'll give you some gaggy pictures where you're like, damn, that bitch is fucking fierce. And mm-hmm. then you can also come see me perform. So yeah. What's the what's the handle? What's the Instagram? Oh shit, I did not say that. <laughs> My name. <laughs> Mark Sully St. Flair. M-A-R-C-S-U-L-L-Y. I should definitely pop up from there. <laughs> yes. Uh, well, thanks again for hopping on. And thanks again, listeners, for listening. I'm your host, Daniel Acker, and this has been Almost Almost Famous. <laughs>